and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, hello there, and thank you for that introduction. I'm glad that you have joined us this week. We certainly hope and pray that all is well with you and your family. We ask that you continue to pray for this podcast and the efforts that we're making to try to glorify Christ and edify our listeners around the world. Today we're going to talk about a mother who followed the rules. A mother who followed the rules. If you want to open a Bible and follow along, we will be in Judges chapter 13. That's Judges chapter 13. According uh, to the Bible... Manoah was from the tribe of Dan, and and he lived in the city of Zorah. And he marries a a barren woman. However, her name is really never mentioned anywhere in the scriptures. Manoah and his wife were the famous parents of the judge Samson. And I have several thoughts I'm going to share with you on this podcast. If you're taking notes and want to follow along, I think that would be good. I've always, always think it's a good idea for you to open your Bible and follow along. Make sure that I really am talking from the Bible. So many people just kind of take for granted that preachers know what they're talking about. So uh, if your preacher doesn't tell you to follow along in the Bible, I'd find a new preacher. And so... uh, I have, again, some thoughts about this mother who really is nameless. Uh, we, again, don't know her name at all. We just know that she... So the first point we want to talk about is the birth of Samson himself. Uh, this man, Mona, and his wife, again, they're childless, but an angel of the Lord will appear uh, to his wife, and he will tell her that she will give birth to a son. The child was to be dedicated from the womb as a Nazarite, which entailed really a lot of restrictions on his diet. And the angel will point out several things that the woman uh, would tell her husband uh, that a man of God came to me. And Mona prayed that the angel would return to instruct both of them uh, on how to raise this child. And the angel laughed and would tell his wife, and we will surely die because we have seen God. It's really the famous uh, quote from uh, from uh, this man, uh, Samson's father. But with his wife and uh, the, the two, they, they try to stop Samson from, from marrying a, a Philistine woman or Philistine. I've heard it pronounced both ways. and But uh, they would travel with him, their son, to uh, Timna for a wedding ceremony when they could not stop their son's desires to marry somebody outside of the Jewish faith, not even in their tribe, after they tried very hard to encourage him to marry a, an, another Jewish woman, which at that time was very traditional. It's just the way it was. And so, but then we will read uh, about this woman who, who mothered really the earth's strongest man. And a lot of people get this idea, Hollywood, that Samson would be something like uh, the Hulk or just some really big guy. And I think 
probably it's completely the opposite. Now, there is nowhere in the Bible that says anything. Uh, I just try to look at this from the power of God. I mean, a, a big muscular type man, uh, people would have said, well, see, he really gets some strength from himself, from a, a diet or a workout. But if you go on the opposite end of the spectrum, it really gives credibility to uh, the power that was in him was really from God. And so anyway, it, it must have been a, an interesting time trying to raise this man. He uh, probably was no different from any other young man today uh, with hormones flowing and saw a pretty girl and wanted to get married. And sometimes parents have a hard time trying to say, hey, slow down just a little bit. Perhaps uh, you need to rethink some of your thoughts. But unfortunately, uh, her husband uh, and mom and dad really, they don't prevail very well. And so there's this idea, it must have been a bitter, sweet, suggestive type thought when Samson said, oh, she looks good to me. Once again, here we have this second idea or thought on this subject, that she was a disappointed woman. This phrase, uh, this idea, uh, she was barren. Uh, this was a common way in the days uh, of ancient literature to mean that she really just had no child. And this would have been terrible for a Jewish woman not to have a child, and it Today, it seems that people do not want to have children. Uh, they're very expensive to raise in, in, uh, in certain parts of the world, especially, probably more so. And, you know, this idea, Sarah, if you go back in the book of Genesis, would say uh, to her husband, give me child or lest I die. Uh, you know, this is just one example. But there's other uh, women that would be barren or had no children up to a certain point. Uh, Sarah, as I mentioned, there's Rebecca, uh, Hannah, and of course Elizabeth, John the Baptist's uh, mother. These were all godly women who felt the intense sorrow and disappointment of really not conceiving a child and giving birth. I think this is something that God has really honestly instilled into a woman to want to have children whether they want to admit it or not. So we're going to continue here this idea of Mona's wife. She was a God-fearing Israelite. Uh, her faith had taught her uh, everything. I think she, she cherished this maternity idea. And this vain and, and waiting really saddened her life. Um, her husband... Uh, had all the necessary material benefits, it seems. They, you know, they seemed to be financially okay. Uh, they seemed to be, uh, I guess, the word would be prosperous. Everything they had in their home they wanted except was one thing, and that was a child. Now, their hearts just really uh, were never satisfied until they are told that they're going to have a child. And the scripture is silent. I don't believe that she ever had any other children, but the Bible is quiet. And so we're going to come back here in just a moment. We're going to uh, 
have a couple more points and be sure to have your Bible ready. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world and poverty-stricken nations are not financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we would be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website, biblicalquestion.com. Would you be in a prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for cheerfully helping us tell a worldwide audience about the Word of God. Okay, so we are back. We're talking about a, a, a woman, a mother, whose name is not recorded anywhere in Scripture, and it would be the mother of Samson. And so uh, I think she is really a privileged woman, would be another point here. I mean, she has experienced uh, the pre-incarnate appearance of the Messiah by the angel of the Lord. Most people would agree with that uh, interpretation. And she, uh, she has a visit from him. And he is the bearer of, of a happy me- uh, message. She, her barrenness will soon pass. She's going to conceive. And she's going to have the most unusual son. We're not to really, I think, completely understand, and, and not it's not a human messenger, but more of a sp- supernatural being. The phrase uh, consistently really used in, in Judges implies that this angel of his presence is equivalent to uh, earlier references. You can follow up on that if you're taking notes. Uh, Genesis 16, verse 7, uh, chapter 22, verse 11. Exodus chapter 2, verse 2, and actually several places in that chapter, actually. But speaking in first person, this visitor uh, who would come to Manoah's wife. And so this is Judges chapter 13, starting in verse 3. The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, now you are infertile and have not given birth but you will conceive and give birth to a son. And now be careful not to drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. For behold, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he will begin to save Israel from the hands of the Philistines. The woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God. Very awesome. So I did not ask him where he was from, nor did he tell me his name. And jump down to verse 17. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, What is your name? So that when your words are fulfilled, we may honor you. And notice the response. But the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name? For it is wonderful. So this announcer of of good news, you will conceive and and bear a son. Assumed a a human form for reporting his presence to her husband. She spoke of him as a man of God. Uh, His facial expressions was like the face of an angel of God. Very very interesting. And here, notice this, when the heavenly visitor appeared to both of them, 
He repeated his message that their prayer for a desire for a child would be answered. And his name, again, was asked. And and as his messenger expresses all of this, the same term is used uh, for a promised Messiah. And that would be in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. His name shall be called Wonderful. As angels really do not receive worship, uh, this supernatural person uh, over all the couple that they saw was no ordinary angel, and they would fall on their faces and worship. Verse 22 here, back in Judges, says, We will certainly die, for we have seen God. Therefore, it is evident that Mona and his wife had witnessed one of those Old Testament manifestations of the deity of God or the appearance of Christ. Another thing here, fourth uh, thought that I have was that she really was a godly woman, uh, both very humble um, as an Israelite. She must have walked with God to uh, have been counted worthy to receive such a great interview, uh, have this conversation with a heavenly sent messenger Barren uh, throughout the years, this nameless woman, yet she is very believing. Again, we we have no record uh, of complaint or impatience over her childless state. All we have is is this case of Hannah constantly, uh, the idea that she prayed for a child, which lightened the burden of her loneliness and sustained her her patience. Uh, Again, I, I think as this God-fearing woman, she has a lot of faith. She really believes that her prayer would be answered. This faithful woman, I think she is a self-sacrificing woman who must have really had a life of, of corresponding in prayer. And I think that would help her raise the son that she was to bear. And the 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 delicate and the dedication that she's going to have to have uh, with her son to make sure that you know she follows everything, all the rules that God has laid out, and that her son will follow those rules, and how she's going to impress on him that he must be faithful and never give up his secret. Uh, she was like a, a wise woman who was a, a sanctified common sense woman and 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 I say that because look here again chapter 13 verse 23 it is why I said to him if the lord had desired to kill us he would have accept not have accepted a burnt offering a grain offering from our hands nor would he have shown us all these things nor would he have let us hear the things like this at this time so I think, again, this woman has has this divine intuition. She knows that she has seen God. Uh, she was to live as never before. She has this divine promise that the son would, she would bear would lighten her home. And she would be a mother. And, and the last thought I can have here, well, actually two more. Another one popped in my head. Uh, the fifth thing is that she was a happy woman. Again, at last, their prayers as a husband and wife were finally answered, and and she becomes this joyful mother. The woman bore the son and called his name Samson. 
how how grateful she must have been to God that he actually had fulfilled this promise. It was now a reality in her life. She understood that God was overlooking, overruling, maybe another word throughout her barren years, and rejoice in the fact of her long-awaited child that would end up being the Savior of Israel in his day and time. Uh, let's note this as well, though, that she, the name that she would give him, Samson. His father's name is Mona, which meant rest, while his son's name implies strength of the sun. And this association of the sun with strength is is really the most natural. I mean, you can see this throughout the book of Judges. Uh, book of Psalms can refer to that kind of thing as well. Ancient Jewish fathers said that Samson was named after the name of God, shield of Israel. You can read that in Psalm 84, verse 11. However, the, the name of itself is Hebrew, is that this man and his wife, they're going to glorify God through their family. And they're going to be sustained through this champion of a man who without had no rival in Israel. I mean, he, that really comes to mind is that God gave to this vengeance upon the enemies of, of the Israel people was this Nazarite from birth, this angelical announcer that would give this married couple detailed instructions as how they should live and, and raise their son who would become a judge of Israel for 20 years. And while pregnant, the mother was to undergo this vow of to not to drink wine or eat anything of unclean nature. And so she would conceive this Nazarite from the moment of conception. For Samson, his uncut hair was a sign uh, that he was separated to God. And you can read all about how God laid all that out in Numbers chapter 6. Despite his, his moral lapses, he, he really never uh, breaks the sacred vow until a seductive woman discovers his secret to his power and would leave him helpless victim to his own carnal uh, desires and passions. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, if you really study what Delilah really did, she just continued to nag and push and, until he just got so tired of it, he gave in. And I think that's, we have women that do that today as well. Another thing here, and, uh, and maybe we'll just wrap it up with this. She was a sorrowful woman too, I think, in the end. Granted, the blessings of motherhood, must have been wonderful for her, uh, but she maybe she questions how can her son be the way that he is as a womanizer, basically. Uh, he has uh, great strength and kills lots of people, uh, and those who, that his lives are taken are those who oppress his uh, people, his country. And how the, the enemy, the Philistines, they really feared this man who who knew no fear, and how he goes to the great these efforts to, to destroy him. They really do. They, they try to figure out how, how to destroy him. What is his weakness? How they're going to get the strength away from him? Because 
Uh, it ended up taking a, a woman to bring him down. And I'm sure his mother saw how her son, you know, really triumphed over the enemies of her people, the, the Jewish people. Uh, I don't know that she doubts for a minute that God had blessed him and created him as an answer to her prayer, removing her bare uh, wound and giving this guy, really, I mean, the strength of iron. However, there is some of his unruly life that must really cast shadow over any mother's heart. Uh, Sansa's name carried this idea of splendor or, or sunlight, and yet some of his desires really lacked splendor in his name and lifestyle. Appearing as, as the vowed enemy of the Philistines, Samson would go uh, to Timnath, covet the daughter of an uncircumcised Philistine, which on the lips of any Jew was a term of hatred. And for Samuel chapter 17, verse 36, uh, would really explain this. And, and as you read through the life of Samson, you will see his parents uh, really do try to stop this marriage and these desires. They really try very hard to teach him what's the right way, what is the customary way, what God would really probably really want to their unknowing uh, the future, God's going to use this to to fulfill uh, his desires and use Samson to destroy the enemy of the Israelites. But, you know, at the end, Samson continues to push his parents to secure this marriage, make all the arrangements, uh, pay the dowry, and What's as interesting is he really never has any kind of a marital life with this woman. Her, uh, she would be given to Samson's friend. And I'm trying to remember his name, so pardon the pause there. But such a marriage, again, must have been very disappointing, not only to his parents, but probably to those in his uh, immediate community that he lived with or in. Uh, must have been really, really sad for them when after all his conquest um, and, he, and found his Philistine wife taken and given to another man and how he really ends up losing his life. I mean, he loses his sight physically, but I think perhaps probably he lost his spiritual sight, uh, his focus on what he was supposed to be doing. And uh, he allowed an unbelieving person to interfere with that. And again, I, I think this is a point of stressing with marriage. Marriage is difficult as it is, and you start uh, intermingling different religious beliefs, cultures, races, and so on. I'm not saying that those marriages cannot work, because they do, but it just makes it really difficult, uh, a very... Uh, close dear friend of mine, uh, Bill Oakley, once said that, and that's a quote from him, and he has gone to be with the Lord. But um, again, after Samson marries uh, this woman, we really don't read of his parents ever again. They are nowhere to be found in in Scripture. And so 
I know that perhaps this is a little different. We've been kind of on this thing of, uh, of women. Usually I would do something like this in the month of May. Don't ask me what made me do it, but uh, I thought maybe uh, this would be a good time t- to do that as well. Well, I certainly hope and pray that you've enjoyed this podcast. It's giving you some thoughts about Samson. You can read about him also in Hebrews chapter 11. He is in that hall of fame, as I call it, as a man of, of great faith and and so, despite Samson's uh, negative, sinful things that he obviously has recorded about him somewhere along the way, uh, apparently he repents and has turned back to God because he is in the Hall of Fame, has great faith. Um, and so, this is a man that perhaps we should look at that faith uh, and not except the sinful lifestyle that uh, perhaps he had for a while in his life. He does rule and lead his people for 20 years, probably was overall a pretty good leader, uh, from what I can read and tell, but little we know about Samson. Okay, well, we're going to wrap it up here. I'm certainly glad that you've taken time to listen all the way to the end. I hope and pray that you will tell others about us and go back and listen to older podcasts that... uh, Perhaps you have missed, they are available on the webpage at this moment, uh, or the recording. The webpage is, is still there. We're really struggling financially to keep all this going. And so if you can find it in your heart to give a generous donation, that would be really great. Again, I want to thank you for listening. May God bless you. May he always have the glory. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may he have the glory.